Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Open letter to our exterminate. Written by Chengalo. Dear Lord Conqueror of the Israfai, if you are receiving this message, congratulations, you have succeeded in defeating the last base of human resistance on Earth. You won. Good for you. In the time you spent exterminating us without reprise, we worked on deciphering your language and your culture. We've learned a lot about you. Not that it does us earthlings any good since we're dead. I bet it makes you feel really big and powerful, traveling the stars exterminating races that are weaker than you. Trampling on the defenseless and then claiming their worlds as your own must really feed your superiority complex. And our analysis is correct, then our planet is the first that you've conquered in a post-industrial species, so you must be mighty proud of yourselves right now. Don't be. You have nothing to be proud of. You see, our species was once warlike and aggressive like yours. Humanity has spent the majority of its history killing amongst ourselves, building up empires around our planet, just like you're doing between the stars. But unlike you, we got past that stage. We grew out of our predatory instincts. We realized that constant armed conflict would only bring ruin to our species as weapons became more advanced and killing methods more efficient. Instead, we started building a society of unified nations that resolved their issues via diplomacy and not the sword. By the time your conquest fleet has arrived in our solar system, we had already demilitarized completely. In other words, we were fighting you with both hands tied behind our back. Congratulations on beating a handicapped opponent. If you had arrived even a little bit earlier, we would have crushed you. Of course, there is no ifs for us. We are dead. You killed us. That's that. But all of that isn't the point of this message. No, we aren't sending you this final recording because we want to make you feel less like a conqueror. We know that you don't care. You just enjoy kidding, whether we put up a fight or not. The reason I'm sending this message is because I want you to know that we didn't spend the past few months hiding in our bunkers and sucking our thumbs. We... We're searching. We were digging up all the weapons from a bygone era of blood and malice. We were trying to hack into weapon systems that we intended to be blocked away for all time. And while we were too late to save ourselves from extinction, we did manage to get them in the end. Funny thing about how we became a peaceable society. The old nations called it mutually assured destruction. Take a guess of what that means, since you've already taken care of sharing our destruction. We'll just work on the mutual part. 
Have fun trying to survive a nuclear holocaust. You have about nine more minutes before the first warhead lands. Sent without deepest regards. 15,000 thermonuclear middle fingers to you, humanity. End of story. Story number two. Don't do that. Written by Sakamoto. Pain is nature's way of saying don't do that. Endorphins are humanity's way of saying, hold my beer. A conversation between two Lixenoculturalists eight months after the first contact with humans. Dem are. There's something strange about these humans, Laz. Laz Kef. So you keep saying Dem. D. I know, but I mean I found a specific thing that's strange about them. L. So there's another specific strange things. Humans are strange. We've already established that. D. No. I mean, I think I've found the strange thing that explains all the other strange things. L. Oh. Well, yeah, that would be something. Is it something that we can publish? D. Maybe. But, um, can I run it by you? L. Go. D. Okay, first, the one thing they brag about all the time. L. Capsaicin? D. Yeah. You've heard the joke. What did the human say to the apex predator that was about to eat him? L. Careful, I just ate some food with capsaicin in it. Yeah, they're always warning us about their food contains capsaicin, as if it might be toxic to us. I have had their food. It's pretty good. D. But not harmful to us, right. Humans go out of their way to warn us about capsaicin in their food. Some of them think it's funny, but most of them are serious about it. Like, they're warning us to prevent, like, a diplomatic incident. L. So why do they warn us? Do their dogs have a reaction to it, other animals on Earth? D. Maybe. I don't know. But what I found out is this. It causes a reaction in them. L. In humans, like a toxic to them. D. No, it doesn't do any damage, just some inflammation. In the very high doses, the inflammation itself causes issues, but there is no direct toxicity. It works by binding to a certain receptors and lowering their sensitivity to heat. So, if a human eats something with capsaicin in it, their mouth feels like it's burning. But it's not actually burning. L. Why do they put it on their food, then? D. Exactly. So that's exhibit A. L. But D. We'll get back to that. Here, there's a video too. L. Okay. Exhibit B? D. Okay. You heard about the PAX run last month. L. That race, the human one. I set a new record for 11-kilometer race with a few minutes or something. Translator note, time and distant units in the original have been converted to Earth equivalent. D. It would have broken the record by a lot more, but it showed up in the race 90 minutes late. L. What? Wait. So it ran 11 kilometers in... D. Less than an hour. L. 11 kilometers is less than an hour. Stars, is it like a super athlete or something? D. No, that's the thing. It's not an athlete. It was a part of the human diplomatic corps. It registered a couple days before the race, basically on a worm. Get this, their fastest runners could do it in half the time. L. Half? You're joking. D. No, seriously. I have a video of this too. L. But 
Humans aren't, like, strong or anything. They're kind of puny. D. It turns out that they're actually built for running. They regularly have races much longer than the packs run. They've evolved as persistence hunters, but there's more to it than that. L. How so? E. They're not much stronger or more well-built for running than us. Or, say, the Fren, but they're way faster, at least over longer distances, and they have races far longer than we would ever imagine. Physiology alone can't account for that. L. So you figured out what accounts for the performance gap? D. I think so. L. And it has something to do with eating capsaicin and simulating fire in the mouths. D. Uh, well, not directly. Let's move on to Exhibit C. L. This had better be going somewhere, Dem. D. It is, Laz. Trust me. L. All right. D. Exhibit C is their reproductive practices. L. What about them? D. They do some strange things when it comes to reproduction. L. Well, every species has different ways of attracting mates. D. No. This is after they've attracted each other. You know that they derive pleasure from the reproductive act itself. L. Sure, an interesting adaptation to be sure, but there are a few other conclave species that do the same thing. The Caval, D, yes, but do you know about the lengths they go to in order to enhance their pleasure? L, no, it's hard enough just to get one of them to describe the process at all. Many of the ones I've talked to seem to be ashamed of it. D, yeah, nobody would go into detail with me either until one of them told me where I could get a hold of some videos. L. Oh, one of the scientists. D. No. It was one of the students that worked for the scientists. A young adult. Female. He sent me to a node on their computer network where humans can access videos of other humans performing their sex act. L. They watch each other. They're to learn the best reproductive technique. D. No. For pleasure, remember, they aren't always doing this to reproduce. L. Oh, Right. Still, uh, not that unusual. D. But you need to see this video. Here, yeah, they can look at my data pad. L. Stars, they're ugly. Interesting uniform, though. It exposes a variety of parts that they usually keep covered. What is it holding? D. That, my good lass, is an instrument of torture. See what it's doing? That one's a female. The one tied to the metal frame on the bed is a male. L. But wait... He's tied up. Is he being held in prisoner? Is he being tortured? D. No. Eventually, in the video, they actually do the sex thing. It's like 20 minutes. This is called foreplay. L. It looks awful. D. But it's not awful for them. Look, he just smiled a bit. Here, I'll turn on the captioning. L. She's calling him her slave. Look, damn, this is something we should tell their authorities about. D. No, Laz. I was actually told very specifically not to share this video by the female. L. The female in the video. You met her. Dem. D. She's the student that told me about it. I met the male, too. He's fine, Laz. I assure you, he's another student. He freely told me that this is something that they participate in mutually. I followed the isolation protocols, too, just to make sure that he wasn't under duress. L. But he's clearly in pain. D. Ah, you've got it, Laz. That's the key. L. 
Pain is the key. D, yep. That's why they put capsaicin in the food. L, because it hurts? D, because they derive pleasure from pain. It wasn't until I saw this video that I figured it out. Look, the male is aroused. L, what possible use is there for deriving pleasure from pain? How would a neural reaction like that survive natural selection? D, you got me, Laz, but it explains so much about humans, right? L, well, it explains why they put chemicals in their food and it makes them think their mouths are on fire. You said they have a video of that too. D. Yeah, I'll bring it up. L. No, let the torture video play. I want to see how the whole, oh, performance plays out. Yeah, bring it up on my databad. D. Okay, let me just... Uh, okay, look. This one has just ate something called a Carolina Reaper. L. He's crying. Oh, wait. Is he laughing? D. That's right. A little of both, actually. L. So his eyes and nose have the splashing response, dumping Star's nose what all over his hideous face. But he likes it. I don't know the exact mechanism, but look at him. He's almost having a religious experience. L. Like the whole double rainbow guy. D. Even more than that. L. Is there any sexual response? D. Not that I can tell. Unless they put capsaicin right on their genitals, we can find a video of that maybe... L. Well, wait though. What does that have to do with their running and breaking century-old galactic records? D. Oh, right. Um, that was a little harder to link up. Okay, we're done with the mucus of face. Here's a video of one of their 42.2-kilometer races. L. 42.2 kilometers on just the legs. D. I know, it's crazy. We're just looking at the end here. Now, this aren't their elite runners. These are people who do this for recreation. As a hobby. L. Is that bleeding? They bleed red, right? D. Yes, from vestigial memories. They're mostly non-functional in the males. L. Oh, the memories. So it's sexually aroused for him to bleed from there. D. No, my understanding is that this is purely painful for them. No joy in it at all. L. Then why are you showing me this? D. I just thought it was funny. Here's another one. Okay, this one is clearly hurting, right? Look at his face. L. Agony. Definitely struggling muscle fatigue in his legs. D. Right, but keep watching. Let me fast forward a bit. Okay. Same human here. L. This is later in the race. D. Yes. L. Are you sure? It looks much better here than it was, um... This is a male, right? He has a grin on his face here, kind of zoning out, but the legs look stronger. D. Yeah, this is later in the race. He's experiencing something called a runner's high. It occasionally happens, from what I was reading, when a runner pushes beyond their normal limits. L. So, the pain from the muscles? D. They build up lactic acid when they're not getting enough oxygen to the muscles. L. And that causes them pleasure? D. No. The lactic acid causes the pain. It's something else that causes the pleasure. Or not so much causes the pleasure as it causes them to be able to ignore the pain. L. Wow. That would give them quite an advantage. D. Right. But here's the key. Okay, fast-forwarding, same runner, now finished. Look, bent over, clearly hurting, right? L. 
Right, D. Now watch as he stands up. L. He's smiling, laughing, crying, like mucus face. D. Like mucus face. Look, the same wash of a mixed emotions displayed on his face, just without nearly as much actual mucus. That's the key to their running. They either ignore or draw strength from the pain, and that's why they can go so much further and faster than anyone else, when it's coupled with their runner physiology. L. Very powerful adaptation. And what about the torture ceremony? D. Well, let's see how far along they are. O. L. What? O. D. Sorry. That's not mucus, by the way. L. They really are disgusting creatures, aren't they? End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.